Hello, I'm Marie Sneeman. Welcome to Calm, Clear and Helpful, a weekly podcast series on taking good care of yourself and others. Today's topic is what is your ideal body? My guest is Dr. Loretta Ferrucci, homeopath, behavioral specialist and mind-body coach from East London. Welcome Loretta. Hello Mariette, it's lovely to be here. Thank you for having me. To our listeners, after our conversation, Loretta will give us her three best tips on living your best life and then it will be fun question time. Loretta, you've been a homeopath for many years. How did you also come to be a mind body coach? Um yeah Mariette when I was uh, when I was I'll take the story right back when I was 3 years old I had seizures of unknown origin and they were those sort of petit mal kind of seizures where you just disappear you just blank out my parents were obviously very distressed and I went to all sorts of neurologists and Johannesburg and you know the whole trip and number no one could find out what was wrong with me and then my mother took me to a homeopath who gave me something and um I never had the seizures again so my mother was absolutely sold and from then onwards the homeopath became our gp now interestingly enough my father was completely allopathic he thought that homeopathy was a lot of nonsense so um i had the benefit of both worlds and then uh when i was in matric i was actually going off to study law and i was seeing a chiropractor at the time and he said to me why don't you go and study chiropractic and i said you know i'd considered being a chiropractor but i didn't want to have to go all the way to america it's too expensive and he said no 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 they're starting a program in south africa and uh so anyway i went to the interview along the short of it is i got into the chiropractic course but the chiropractic and the homeopathic course ran together for the first 2 years because it was just basic sciences and um halfway through my second year i realized you know what backs and necks and sports injuries and i know chiropractic is more than that but that's how mm. i saw it then was just not my bag so i changed to homeopathy and uh that's how i became a homeopath but i was always very interested in the mind body connection and i was interested in energy medicine i actually studied acupuncture as well as a as a i was going to say post grad thing but i did it while i was in my final year yes and um the energetics of what actually happens in the body you know there's there's this electromagnetic field around the body if you look at it that way and that's where the blueprint of the body is housed and that's usually where problems start before they start manifesting physically So that was always an area of interest of mine and that sort of morphed into me studying energy medicine while I was a homeopath because I, I qualified when I was 24 and the first thing people used to say to me was but you're so young I was like well, look I'm sorry there's nothing I can do about that um <laughs> I can't help that I've only lived for 24 years um but you know so there was there, I was always under pressure to I mean not just because of my age but I was under pressure to try and help people so I was a perennial learner and studied a lot of energy medicine techniques and then got into the sort of mind body connection in a systematic kind of way shall I say mm. when I discovered the work of Dr John De Martini in around 2009 and uh yeah I started getting bored to be quite honest with you I got bored with saying the same thing to people over and over and over in terms of changing their lifestyle cuz my practice was very lifestyle oriented and so then i started working with groups of people so i i put on talks for my patients and and you know so then 20 or 30 people would come so i could just give the nutrition lecture once and then 30 people would hear it as opposed to trying to get it all fitted into a single consultation in my rooms um and then i started teaching the so you know the real reason why you're not getting well is not because you it's not because you're not eating the right food it's because you can't sustainably eat the right food and what's that so how do we actually change your mindset 
And that then morphed into creating workshops and went into the whole mind-body thing. And then um, I actually decided to close my practice because I want to focus on um, opening a community center, which is another completely different story, mm-hmm. um, and uh, take my business online because, you know, online it is just so much easier to reach a much bigger audience. You're not limited to the people in your town or in your area, which I did then in 2020. In fact, just before the lockdown was declared, I actually officially moved out of my practice. So I currently do not practice as a homeopath. I work exclusively online as a health and wellness coach at the moment. And you're enjoying it from the sound of it. I'm loving it. I, I think the thing that I love about it the most is that um, in my practice, and this wasn't the fault of any of my patients, it was mine, but in a practice, it's very difficult to actually get continuity with someone beyond the disappearance of their symptoms. So, you know, you maybe see a patient once a month for two or three months and their symptoms go away and then you don't see them again until they're sick. Whereas with coaching, you actually see a person every week and you have continuity. So, so when people work with me for the first time, they work with me in increments of 12 weeks. And, you know, in three months, you can see a tremendous change in someone's mindset, their energy, and, of course, their physical body. So it's really very, very satisfying. Yeah, it sounds like quite an extensive package that you offer. Yeah, I just find that, you know, what happens is you can do a lot of, you can make a big difference in two coaching sessions or maybe in three coaching sessions, but in a way that's still putting a Band-Aid on a problem. And and that's what was that's what frustrated me about being in private practice as a homeopath. So um, patients very often would only come when they were desperate. That's the first thing. So they would have exhausted all other possibilities and they were desperate. Um, and the, the, the difficulty with any form of complementary medicine is that the responsibility is the patients. So, you know, so if I say, you know, it's the gluten that's giving you inflammation and that's causing the joint problems, if you carry on eating the gluten, it doesn't matter what remedy we give you, you're still going to have the problem. So it's your responsibility. You have to take ownership of that. Mm. And that's difficult for people because our, our medical paradigm is very much the doctor has the power and the medicine has the power. And all you have to do as a good patient is go and see your doctor and take the medication. Whereas with the complementary medicine, the paradigm is, is somewhat different. Um, and so the responsibility does actually very much rest. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a relationship. It's a co-creation between the practitioner and the patient. Um, and that is difficult and you can't teach someone that in two or three sessions. So what I would see in my practice was, you know, I'd see them maybe for two or three months. They would maybe get a whole lot better. Then I wouldn't see them for a year. And then I'd bump into them in the supermarket and they'd say, oh, you know, I felt so great when I was seeing you. And unfortunately, the wheels have fallen off and I've stopped. I've eaten the gluten again and I'm right back where I started. And that's the part that is that is that is limiting because then it's not a fully empowering journey. So. Mm. That's why I don't that's why I don't do two sessions or three sessions. A, maybe because I'm just not good enough to transform to help you transform your life in such a short <laughs> period of time. And uh, but that's my limitation. And B, because to actually rewire your brain, because your brain is plastic and it, that's possible. But you've basically got to unwire the programming and you've got to rewire a new set of programs. It's very difficult to do that. Um, in a very, very limited period of time. Whereas for me, 12 weeks is about the sweet spot, you know. People have significant changes and are empowered in that time. So that's why that's why it's 12 weeks. Thank you. Now, I've looked at some definitions with regard to our topic, which is what is your ideal body? And mm-hmm. one definition I found of the word ideal is satisfying one's conception of what is perfect. 
Now, I think few of us feel that way about our body. Absolutely. So my business is actually called Your Ideal Body, and it's deliberately called Your Ideal Body for the very reason that different people have completely different perceptions of what the ideal body is. And I would like to change that because I think that the most common perception is exactly what you've just described, is that perfect body based on what society tells you your body has to look like. So, you know, if at the moment, uh, you know, I'm always hearing strong is the new skinny. So we've moved away from a culture where very, very thin or underweight is valued as the societal norm of beauty and more to, um, you know, stronger is more of a societal norm of beauty. It's still a societal norm of beauty. And so if you don't have that body confirmation, you think you don't have your ideal body. But that's completely erroneous because they are just as they are different people, you have different bodies. So we have different genetics. We have different compositions of muscle and lean muscle mass and fat and tendencies to gain weight and lose weight and metabolism rates and all the rest. So everybody just as you don't, we don't expect people to have um, a similar personality to everybody else. Mm. So why would we expect anyone to have the same body as anybody else's? And so for me, your ideal body and what I try and educate people on is your ideal body is the body you have right now, because right now it is helping you fulfill your purpose, whatever that is. Now, your ideal body right now, you might go, but my body's unhealthy or it's, you know, very overweight or it's very underweight or it's got pains or whatever. Um, How can it be my ideal body? Well, it doesn't mean it's the body you want. It just means it's the body that you have right now, that if you understood that it was serving you in an ideal way and you knew how to interpret that, then you could actually take your level of mastery of yourself using your body as a vehicle to a whole nother level. And once you can accept that the body you currently have is ideal for yourself right now, and there's obviously ways of helping you do that, it's only then that you can transform it if you want to transform it. Right. So could you first please tell us about how to accept your body and then we can go on maybe and you could just talk about transformation. So if you go on the premise, you know, if your premise is that your body is currently perfect for whatever it is that you need to learn or how you need need to grow in this instance, um, then you surrender to the inevitability of what is right now. So before you can change anything, you need to accept it as it is. So one of the ways that we can do that is you can literally just ask yourself, what is your current body forcing you to do, be, or have? And I'll give you an example of how this works. Mm -hmm. And once you've identified that, just ask yourself, how is this thing that it's forcing you to do, how is that currently serving you? Because how it's serving you is an indicator of what is going on unconsciously that is bringing about the body you currently have. And once you've brought the unconscious into consciousness, you can choose a different strategy. Because now you know what wants to manifest, right? So now you can have a different strategy. And once you can have, when you use a different strategy, you no longer have to have your body providing it for you. So let me give you an example of that to make it clear. So, for example, so I've had a weight problem on and off my whole life, right? So when I was six years old, long story, blah, blah, childhood trauma, yada, yada, uh, weight gain, okay? And so I was severely overweight. I was definitely obese up until the time that I was about 16. And then I went on a diet, very, very disciplined, 
for six months and I lost 30 kilograms. And since then, I've had a flirtation with an extra 10 or an extra five or sometimes more when I was pregnant more. But essentially, I've had this yo-yo weight issue. And um, I've always thought that my body is obviously not the ideal body for me because I want to be thin. So, and I've always perceived that I'm not. So if I ask myself, what does my overweight body force me to do, be, or have? One thing, now this is in the past, but it's still in, the, in, the, in my current reality. One thing that my overweight body forced me to do was to exercise. It forced me to exercise because I believed that exercising was the way I was going to get my ideal body, right? What I wanted it to look like. And because of that, I've always been an exerciser. Now, interestingly enough, I have a genetic, um, I have a, a particular gene that regulates hormones, hormone health. And that particular gene is switched off. In other words, it doesn't manifest. It's, it's an unhealthy gene, right? It's the gene you don't want it to turn on, right? Mm. And it is literally turned off by exercise. So one of the benefits of my overweight is that I've always exercised, which means I've always been fit, which means that despite the excess weight, I've never had, not never had, but I don't have any of those chronic disease parameters right now. Or another example would be the fact that I was overweight made me really interested in nutrition. So for years, I was looking for the perfect diet. And all of that nutrition information helped me tremendously to tailor particular diets for health conditions for my patients. It literally helped me grow a successful practice. So that is the way, it's a small, two small examples of how my excess weight, the thing that I was judging that I didn't want, was actually helping me in my life in, in areas that, I, that wouldn't have ordinarily been obvious to me. So when you find out how it is benefiting you and how it is serving you in its current form, then you actually get closer to accepting it the way it is right now. So you can't change it until you can accept it and be grateful for it in its current form. So finding out how it serves you is the first step. Now, it sounds really simple. It's actually not because our minds are going, it doesn't serve me. I don't want it. It's in my way. I need to get rid of it. Um, you know, it's making me ugly. It's taking away my confidence. It's affecting my business. So your egoic rational mind is going to be screaming at you why this is a bad idea. Um, but I've done this with enough patients that I can tell you with, with absolute certainty that if you do this, you, you essentially start becoming more grateful for it the way it is. And it's in that that you start becoming clear about what you would love to do in order to maybe make it healthier or stronger or whatever it is that you're trying to actually achieve with it, the way in which you want to maybe change it. Yeah, so that is a very unusual entry point. And I think I, recogni <laughs> I recognize Dr. Di Martini's work there. Absolutely. So you will take uh, one of your clients through those steps to achieve that. Yes, I will. So, I mean, sometimes we can break it down into literally you can find separate body parts. Like what is it that you, uh, what body part do you dislike? So if we're just going on appearance now, you know, let's, let's just assume that it's, I don't like the way it looks. Mm. So you can find a particular body part and you can ask yourself how that body part serves you right now. So, you know, this gets a little bit like esoteric, but, um, so, for example, if my uh, stomach is too large, mm. right? So, how does my how does my fat stomach benefit me right now? Well, the first question is, what does it force me to do, be, or have? 
So one of the things that it forces me to do, be or have, is it forces me to choose whether I'm going to let that be an impediment to what I want to do in my life or not. Mm. So for example, I have just recently started pole fitness, right? Which is essentially tricks on a pole, like pole dancing. Mm. And so I'm a 51-year-old woman who's 10 kilograms overweight. And um, I go to pole classes with women who are much younger than I am. And you have to actually wear very little clothing because you need to put as much skin as you can on that pole so you don't fall off it, right? Mm. So my, th- what my stomach does is it actually forces me to face, in this instance, it's forced me to face my fear of being judged publicly for the size of my stomach, for example, and to choose, am I going to let this stop me or am I going to love myself through this? So I chose to love myself through this and it's been one of the most liberating body positive things I could ever have done. Oh, that sounds amazing. Are we just talking about appearance now? Could you uh, please give an example that might relate to something that's in inverted commas wrong with the body, like um, absolutely an, an illness? Absolutely, an illness. Okay, so um, so I've seen this a number of times in my pr- practice. So let's pick something serious like cancer. Mm. Okay. So, you know, you would think cancer doesn't serve any purpose. I mean, honestly, you know, it's going to kill you, right? So it is, it's probably the most terrifying diagnosis you could get. But so I'll give you an example. So there was a young woman. She was actually not a patient of mine. She was a patient of a colleague of mine who shared the building with me. And I was called in to advise and, and, to, and to help her with her sort of the way she was framing it in her mind. And this young woman had breast cancer. But she had two, uh, three, three little children, and she had had a baby. So the baby was, he was, a, he was a toddling, you know, so he was probably about 12 months old. And she had discovered the lump before she fell pregnant, but decided that she, was, she wanted a baby more than she wanted to know what was going on with the lump. And so she fell pregnant, and then, of course, she was breastfeeding, so she couldn't do anything about it. So the breast lump got worse, and she chose not to have it dealt with um, surgically. So she chose not to have it excised or have the chemo or anything like that. And she chose the sort of complementary medicine route and came to see my colleague, who was a medical doctor and a homeopath at the time. And um, I said to her, how is this serving you? And she said, it doesn't serve me at all. I need to get rid of it. And I said, okay, well, how has it affected your relationships? So one of the things she said was that her husband um, has become much more hands-on with the children. Mm. Her husband has also become much more caring and considerate towards her. And she was always the one who was the sort of mover and shaker. And he has taken on a lot of that responsibility, which has allowed her to rest. So for the first time in her life, she is able to rest because she has the label. Okay, so that's not really what she said, but that's what I got. Okay, so she's able to be, she can ask for help. She gets taken care of and she gets to rest um, and she feels like she's being seen and valued by her partner. Now, those are real benefits, right? Yes. Okay, so that's the first step. So, I mean, so listen, you, you, you can't only find four. You need to find like 150 or 200, mm. right, which sounds almost impossible, but absolutely it's possible. Okay, so um, it's just it's like learning a new skill. So, so now the problem with disease is, Once you discover what it is you're getting, and if what you're getting is huge, like, you know, being seen, being validated, being loved for who you really are, okay, your conscious mind is telling you you want to get better, 
But your unconscious is saying, if you get better, you've got to go back to how it was before. Mm. So minus the validation, minus the being seen, minus the care, you've got to be the driven one. You've got to be the mom and the worker and everything else, right? So can you see how reluctant people then are actually to heal? So their conscious minds are saying, I want to get better. I want to get better above everything. But the truth is that until you uncover what this is giving you and see it for what it is and then ask yourself, okay, how can I get this in a different way? Mm. So in other words, how can this woman get rest? Well, you know what? She can stop being so addicted to being a doer that needs a, 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 a practically a death sentence to make her rest. And she can make different choices. She can find out what's driving that and she can make different choices for herself. She can start caring for herself better than what she was before. You know, she could go to therapy. There's, there's a, hundreds of ways that she could do that. Lots of viable alternatives to get the same thing. Because as soon as you find the viable alternative so that you can still get your needs met, now your body doesn't have to create that situation that allows you to get these needs met that you can't meet in any other way or that you think you can't get met in any other way. I see why it why you prefer to work for three months because this must be quite an intense journey to take someone through. It's a very, it is a very intense journey and particularly when they're ill, you know. So, mm. so a lot of my clients, so I'll be quite honest with you, you know, at the moment, I mean, I sort of work in that transformational space. So I have one client, I've got two clients at the moment that have health issues. Some people have got sort of You know, so sometimes they have mental and emotional health issues like overwhelming anxiety, for example, or, um, you know, infertilities, or, or which are physical and have massive emotional component, but all disease has. So where it becomes difficult working with people who are ill is that, you know, your, your disease process, your sign or your symptom or your label, it's part of your physical body. It's actually part of who you are. And as much as you may not want it, it's part of your identity. So <laughs> trying to like, separate yourself, you know, trying to get the client to learn to separate themselves from that and actually focus on the facts without judging anything is really, really difficult. It's di most people have never even thought that disease serves them or even, even have an inkling that disease is an organized process. It's not random. Mm. And that actually your body is trying to, it's not trying to, it is, it's feeding back What is actually going on in your unconscious? Like, what do you truly believe about yourself? You know, do you believe that you're unworthy? Do you believe that you're unlovable? Do you believe that you won't be loved if you're not in control or if you know not the one who's always busy or achieving or whatever the case may be? You know, do you believe that it's weak to ask for help and you can't get it unless you're sick? So your body is literally reflecting back at you what's going on in your unconscious. It's like your unconscious, the language it speaks to you is signs and symptoms in your body. So signs in your body is what it looks like and symptoms in your body is what it feels like. So, so you know, you have, to, you have to appreciate that you can't have challenge without support. That's definitely the work of Dr. Martini. Mm. So, you know, if you've got a disease, it can't all be bad. It's mm. got to be neutral. So you first got to neutralize it, find how it's serving you, and then whatever it is revealing to you, you've got to find a tool or a technique to work on that. So there's a key That helps you unlock what's really going on. Yes, and that's why your body's so amazing. And that's also why um, my business is called Your Ideal Body. Because someone said to me, yeah, but you know, are you not much more interested in the mind or the emotions? And I'm like, well, you know, I used to think I was. But what I've realized is 
Your body is a tool that you have for free. It's always in the present moment. It's never in the future or in the past. It's always in the present. It cannot lie. My favorite quote by Dr. John Martini is, the mind always lies. The body never does. That's why God put the clues in the body. So you, we all have a body. It's all part of being here in life, right? We all have a body, and um, it's part of who you are. And it's an amazing vehicle that is reflecting what's going on in your psyche, in your unconscious, and in actual fact, your, emo- your mind, your thoughts are physical. Your emotions are physical. Um, and so you can't bypass the body. And that's what I also find a lot of people that are into sort of transformational development or, you know, or spirituality even, you know, it's like, you know, the body's just a vessel. The body's like the least important part of the whole thing. Yeah. Dude, the body's the thing that has all the clues. Mm. The body is like, the, the body's like the Rosetta Stone, right? With all the hieroglyphs on. And you might just say, well, I don't read hieroglyphics. Well, okay, you might not read hieroglyphics, but there are people that that can read hieroglyphics. I'm not fluent in hieroglyphics, but I have a working knowledge of hieroglyphics in this example. So so why would you not want to use that? Why would you try to get beyond that? You know, why would you try and bypass that? It's the Mm. thing that you're hauling around with you through your entire life. So I think the body, I think the body is really underrated. (laughs) And so I'm a body champion. I'm like, let's wake up. Your Mm. body is unbelievable in telling you what's really going on. And if you're looking for where you need to work or where you need to reframe or where you need to make an adjustment or where you're not actually shifting your focus, your body is a repository of all of that information. And I started off with our topic, what is your ideal body? So it seems to me your body is the ideal tool to get at many things that are bothering you. Absolutely. Absolutely. It absolutely is. Loretta, where can listeners find more information about your work? I have a website, Mariette, which is www.lorettaferrucci.co.za. So, um, you know, my website is not information dense because most people don't spend too much time on websites. So the best place to find me is probably social media. I'm most active on Facebook. My private profile is Loretta Ferrucci, so it's easy enough to find. And I have a private Facebook group. So I post on my private page and I very often put the link to my Facebook group. So for people who actually want more access um, to lots of free resources, I go live every week, for example, for half an hour on some sort of topic as we are just discussing today. So all those free resources are actually in my live Facebook group. How does one get onto your live Facebook group? So you can, what can you do? You can, my, my live Facebook group is called Vitality Matters. Mm-hmm. So if you do a Google search, if you just search Vitality Matters in groups, it usually is the one that comes up as the top one. And click on that, you'll ask to join, and I will approve the joining, and in you come. Great. And I'll also attach the link to your website to this podcast. Thank you so much. Now, could you please give us your three tips on living your best life? three tips for living your best life is number one, stay curious. 
Because if you're curious, you're detached. Number two, take things seriously, but don't. And number three, dedicate your life to truly learning to know yourself and love yourself as much as you possibly can. Short and sweet. May I ask you a fun question? Of course you may. We're going to the realm of the imagination, so your answer needn't be practical. My question is, if you could be any creature with a beautiful mane, mane of hair, which mm. animal or creature would you be? A beautiful creature with a mane of hair. Mm. Um, you know what? I, now, I can't think of the name of the, um, I was going to say the flavor. <laughs> it's <laughs> one of those horses. Oh, I'd be a Frisian. I think they're called Frisians. Frisians are cart horses. So they've got those fluffy feet and they've got the most beautiful, they're big and they're strong and they've got those beautiful flowing manes and tails. I'd be a Frisian. Ah, oh, thank you, Loretta. And, <laughs> and thank you for unpacking this topic, which I thought it's a very unusual topic and you've made such a lot of sense from it. Thank you. Thank you so much, Mariette. And to our listeners, thank you for joining us. If you found this episode helpful, please share it with someone you care about. I'd really appreciate it if you'd rate Calm, Clear and Helpful where you download your podcasts. If you'd like a more fulfilling relationship with your beloved, if you wish parenting could be easier, or if you're interested in improving your emotional well-being, you're welcome to visit my website, marietsneeman.co.za, for free articles and podcast episodes. Calm, Clear and Helpful is compiled, hosted and edited by me, and the music is by Mark Marie Sneeman. Catch you next Tuesday at 9.